0: is the name above all names. Thank you, musicians. Well, for this first Sunday in the season of Advent, uh, we turn to the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to be in Matthew, uh, all of Advent, as I recall. And uh, we turn to uh, the first chapter, verses 18 through 25 find out about the birth of Jesus Christ. This passage has lots of different themes uh, running through it, but we're going to concentrate today on the fact that God is with us. And let's use this as a unison reading. It is a brief reading. Let's read the Word of God together. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name A week ago, Sarah and I took a Thanksgiving meal to my dad, who lives in Statesville, North Carolina. As a healthy 90-year-old widower, he, of course, lives by himself, and Sarah didn't want him to miss a Thanksgiving meal, turkey and all the trimming, since we weren't having a family get-together this year. So, we took the food up there, and she cooked it, and we had a delicious meal together and a good visit with him, but but there were just the three of us around his huge dining room table. I imagine your Thanksgiving was possibly different this year as well. Last year, we had 20 folks in our house, and this year it was three of us together. Quite a change, all thanks to the coronavirus. because of this pandemic, there's not only a lot of changes to deal with, but for many of us, there's a lot of loneliness and isolation. I was reading an online article in Psychology Today by Dr. Diane Rabb where she was saying that just about everyone experiences loneliness at some point in their lives, but the directives to stay in place that we're receiving from uh, elected officials are in many ways leading to another pandemic, one of loneliness. I mean, just think about it. Most natural disasters bring us together. If there's a flood, if there's a tornado, if there's a hurricane, like many of us are old enough to remember the aftermath of Hurricane Hugo back in the 80s, you know, all the neighbors come out of the woodwork and everyone helps one another And an disaster like that brings everyone together as we try and help one another and even if you've lost a lot of things you know that camaraderie that that uh, uh, being together and working through the issues is a great a great help and comfort but as we're finding out worldwide pestilence is the opposite it's isolated and it's also divided as I tell people all the time, who would have ever thought that something as simple as wearing a mask or not wearing a mask would be so divisive in our society? In our article, Dr. Rabb goes on to say that in a new book entitled Epidemics and Society, Yale historian Frank Snowden claims that pandemics hold up a mirror to society. That reveals both the dark and the heroic components of our world. And she goes on to say, pandemics also force us to ask questions. Questions such as, what is our responsibility to one another? And questions like, where is Season of Advent, but especially Matthew and his Gospel tends to answer, and in a very clear way, where is God in all of this? Matthew tells us. You know, Matthew is the Gospel writer who's so interested in making sure that we understand that Jesus and the gift of Jesus into the world fulfills Scripture. He's the one who so often writes, this was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. There's a sentence similar to that six times in his first four chapters alone. In this gift of a child named Jesus, God is bringing to fruition what He had promised to do centuries ago. And as Matthew tells us about Jesus, he gives us more than just the story of His birth in this text. In fact, one scholar, as one scholar put it, the Greek word translated birth in our verse 18 is not the ordinary Greek word for birth at all. To translate literally, Matthew says the origin of Jesus Christ was like this. It's not just the birth. It's the whole. physical existence was the work of the Holy Spirit as His power conceived this baby in the womb of this virgin named Mary. You see, Matthew was a Jew, and the Jews believed that the Holy Spirit was the person who brought God's So we see that truth in subtle ways, like in John's Gospel, for example, where John tells us the law was given through Moses, grace and what? Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And not only does Matthew tell us about his unique origin, but as he looks back at the Old Testament, he proclaims that the birth of this child named Jesus... This one who would save his people from their sins ultimately fulfills the prophecy found in Isaiah 7. As Matthew quotes Isaiah, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. If you want to know where God is in all of this world, even in this pandemic world, the answer is right there. He's here by the power of Jesus Christ through the presence of His Holy Spirit. He is God with us, regardless of what's taking place in our world or our lives. And this Jesus is the same God as the One who gave His law to His people Israel out in the wilderness Remember what God told his people at that time is recorded in Leviticus 26. I will walk among you and be your God and you will be my people. The nation was called to a covenantal relationship in which God would be with his people. He would be with them all of the time. No other person, no other leader, no other supposed God would take his place or could take His place, and He would always remain present and in their midst. But not only is He with us, but we can never run from His presence, nor can we ever be where He is not. David talks about the truth of that in Psalm 139. Where shall I go? From your Spirit, or where shall I flee? From your presence. If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shoal you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. Even there your right hand shall hold me. I know for some of us, we feel that we're in the uttermost parts of the great sea of loneliness. You have to stay inside. You can't spend time with your friends or your family. And even when your family checks on you, there's no hugging or anything like that. It's like we've become robots instead of people. But the good news of Advent is that Jesus Christ makes a huge difference even in this type of world because of His presence. Three times in this Gospel of Matthew we're expressly told that God or Jesus is with us. And each time we receive that good news, something extremely important is happening. We see the first time in our text here this morning where we find the good news that this baby will be named Jesus because He will save His people from their sins. And He's given the title Emmanuel, which means God with us. Salvation is what He does, and God with us is who He is. Then in the 18th chapter of Matthew's Gospel, we once again see that Jesus is with us because He says, where two or three are gathered in my midst, and and are gathered together, I'm there in their midst. This is within the context of the church and keeping the church pure, that God is with us in Christ. And then most of us are familiar with Jesus' so-called Great Commission that we find right at the end of Matthew's Gospel, where Jesus gives this great task to the church to go and make disciples of all nations. And it's such a monumental task that Jesus promises, Lo, I'm with you always, even to the close of the age. In other words, He empowers us to go and make disciples by His presence, which is always in our midst. And speaking of God's presence with us, since Matthew quotes Isaiah 7, perhaps we should stop long enough and take a little break here and go to a sidebar and just talk about the context of that verse in Isaiah 7. Ahaz was the king of Judah in those days. You know, that was the time when uh, the nation of Israel had split into two kingdoms. There was a the northern kingdom known as Israel. There was the southern kingdom known as Judah. And Ahaz was the king of the southern kingdom, Judah. And he was a very evil king, perhaps uh, the most evil king of Israel along with the king of Syria decided to band together to obliterate Judah. And Ahaz had heard this. And even though he was not a follower of God, God sent the prophet Isaiah to him and told him not to be afraid. Isaiah encouraged him and then told him to ask of God a sign that God would indeed But Ahaz wanted no part of Isaiah. He wanted no part of of God's sign. You see, Ahaz didn't care about that because he had this deal of his working with the king of Assyria. And the king of Assyria was going to come with his army and help Ahaz against the king of Syria and the king of Israel. But Isaiah told him he'd get a sign whether he wanted it or not virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. You see in its original context, Isaiah's meaning there was that the deliverance from Israel and Syria will be so great that uh, when a woman gives birth to a new baby, she'll name him. God is with us. That's how apparent it will be that God was in their midst saving them from their enemies. had remained faithful in that day, even though they were under a terrible king, but also as a sign of what was to come. This original sign, Emmanuel, is is a prototype, if you will, of what is to come. The greater deliverance that would one day be given to the world through the gift of the Messiah. And Matthew is telling us in his Gospel that the long-range truth of that original sign has now come. God has fulfilled this in the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, have you ever tried to... to leave a pumpkin pie with my dad. And he said, no. Our world is really not that much different from the world in the days of Ahaz in the sense that some people respond to the news of the birth of Jesus with indifference just as Ahaz could care less about Isaiah and his sign that he was promising. Think about this part of the world, these people out there in the world who remain indifferent. Or we might say closed, even to the good news of the Gospel. A gift is is being offered to them, but they're not interested. They don't care about it. They have their own plan in place for their life. They take the parts of Christmas that they like, They enjoy good food. Maybe they even enjoy giving and receiving presents. But they don't pay any attention to the real meaning of Christmas, the fact that Jesus came into the world to save people from their sins. They're not interested in that at all. They could care less. Their type of living completely misses the point that Isaiah and especially Matthew are making. As one commentator put it, Emmanuel is not a religious option for those who choose to embrace it. Emmanuel is the truth whether we choose to embrace it or not. Matthew declares that God is with us. He doesn't say He might be. He says He is with us. If we believe, He is with us to save and to bless. If not, God is still with us to call us to repentance. And if we reject that, He's still with us as a judge. In other words, God is still with us whether we believe in Him or not. He's still with this whole world. And there's a whole world of people out there that don't believe in him, but he's still there. And what's true for the world is true for you and me. And so we have to always be thinking about what we're going to do with this man Jesus. Do we accept this gracious gift given especially for us? Do we love him? Do we serve him, or? could we care less? You know, lots of times as we come to the season of Advent, especially on the first Sunday in Advent, we talk about waiting. We talk about how waiting is even a theme of Advent. We sing about it too. We're going to sing about it in just a few moments. Come thou long-expected year You know, come Jesus. We've been waiting on you to come back. Come. We're ready for Him to return. And we talk about waiting in that we're waiting for that which has already occurred but is not yet fully realized. And that's true when we're talking about the kingdom. Or it's true when we're talking about the return of Jesus, for example. It's true when we're talking about how we've been redeemed and placed on this journey of sanctification, a journey we've begun but can never seem to finish. I only bring up this topic because in the midst of this pandemic, we find ourselves waiting. If you're like me, we're waiting for it to end. Waiting for life to get back what it was like before. We're waiting for an opportunity to eat out at our favorite restaurant with friends without having to worry about masks or how close you're seated to someone else. We're waiting for a time when we no longer send the stock of a company through the roof that produces hand sanitizer. We're waiting for some sense of normalcy. We're waiting for a sanctuary full of worshipers where we can actually hear those gathered singing This God with whom we have to do. And I'm no prophet, so unfortunately, I don't know when that will happen. But the good news is that we don't have to wait for the most important thing, for Jesus to be present. We don't have to wait for His power to cheer and to guide. We don't have to wait for peace for our souls because He's here with us right now, even as we speak, even as we're gathered in this place of worship. That's the gift of Emmanuel. That's the principle of Emmanuel, if you want to think of it in those terms, that He's always with us, even to the close of the age, is what He has promised. still sufficient, even in a time of pandemic. Even in a time when we're so isolated and lonely. You know, Paul reminds us of that truth in 2 Corinthians 12 when he himself was having a hard time. And Paul tells us that Jesus said to him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness, Paul. And Paul goes on to say there, I will all the more gladly boast of my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and guess what else he says there? and calamities. I'm content with calamities, with earthquakes, with floods, with disasters, with pestilence, with pandemics. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And why can he say that? Because of the gift of Emmanuel. Because the power of God is upon Him and present with it. We too have that same assurance. For God is with us in Jesus Christ by the power of His Holy Spirit. It's the good news of the Gospel and it's the good news of Advent. And something we should never